This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. This is Baldy's Breakdowns, the podcast, a radio.com sports original. Welcome back to Baldy's Breakdowns, right here on radio.com. I'm Jason Lockenfora, sitting alongside, well, virtually at least, my main man, Brian Baldinger, who was going to break this week's week one slate of games down like no one else can yeah. be sure to follow us on Twitter at Baldy NFL and at Jason Locke and Flora. And please subscribe, rate and review Baldy's breakdowns on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you find your favorite podcast. We will be dropping new episodes every Wednesday, just in time to get you fired up and ready for Thursday night, which obviously kicks off every NFL week. We'll have the latest news notes and insights and Baldy. Finally, we have actual meaningful regular season football to talk about starting with the defending champs hosting the Houston Texans. We know how it went last January uh, out at Arrowhead. It's a second half that I'm sure will haunt Bill O'Brien forever. We've got Patrick Mahomes locked up for 12 years. We got Andy (laughs) Reid with a new six year contract. They keep um, the big man in the middle there, their defensive line. I think the Chiefs are loaded for bear. I think the Texans are walking into, uh, you know, a, a tornado here. Um, h- how do you kind of size up the first game of the season? Well, uh, it's I, I can't actually believe that six weeks have passed since you know we we started this ramp up period on July 27. You know what's interesting about this year, Jason? To me, as we get ready for tomorrow night, is every year we get so excited and. I mean, maybe not as excited this year because of all the other right. things going yeah. on, but we get so excited for the start of training camp. Yeah. And we, you know, we look at, you know, all the new players and coaches and the new rosters. We get all excited. And then we have to play these preseason games and they're awful. Yeah. And nobody really plays. Yeah. And nobody really goes. Yeah. And nobody really pays that close attention, but it's football. It's on. And then we got, we got to like get through it. We yeah. just got to get through it to get to the games. And this year, we just skipped it. We yeah. just skipped all the bad football. Now, I, now I, I, I'm one that actually believes you need preseason games and everybody needs them at, on some level. Mm-hmm. But we skipped them this year. So we skipped all the bad football. So I'm just hoping that tomorrow night, mm. with the players that you described, you know, and Patrick yeah. Mahomes and Christopher Jones and Tyron Matthew and all those Tyreek Hill and Jay, you know Travis Kelsey, Kelsey and yeah. on the other side Deshaun Watson with the new contract. All that stuff. I just hope that we get some level of great play. I, I think we will. I, I I really believe that it's going to look pretty good. I don't know the officiating. Yes, and that stuff. That scares none me. None of the guys have been on the field, nope. Jason. No, no official has been nope. on the field. They've done virtual officiating, which scares me. Yes. Uh, 
But I understand, you know, we're in a, a new world and it's a new world order. But it scares me that the officials have been on Zoom meetings yeah. for basically seven months. And they're supposed to officiate these games this week. I mean, that, that may come into play a little bit. Well, I, I got to think Big Brother, you know, in New York City at command control there at the league office will be all over this one and, and in their ears constantly, if need be, because obviously the whole world is going to be watching and this is going to be a different game, right? There'll be some, fan, I guess Arrowhead's one of the stadiums where some fans yeah. are getting in, but it won't be that normal game day atmosphere. This is kind of a dry run for the entire league. You know, to mm-hmm. your point, no preseason. You're not able to get a lot of the kinks out in that regard. And, and look, I think at times it will be sloppy. September football, even under normal conditions, yeah. Baldy, is, you know, can yeah. often leave something to, to be desired. It's a timing and tempo sport, at least for a lot of these teams offensively. And that takes repetitions that just haven't been there. Um, but I, I, I do feel like these are two teams to some degree going in different different directions. I think Kansas City obviously hit a plateau in terms of what you can do in an individual season last year. But boy, I I, I think they're built for the long haul. And the Houston Texans, I wonder if they're going to look back to the last few years and say, well, that was as good as it got. Well, I mean, look, under the microscope and what will be talked about tomorrow night with Al and Chris is, you know, right now the head coach, of Houston is both the general manager and the coach. Now, Billy O'Brien is, is I think is a pure football coach. He's been yeah. around a long time, but the idea that you can do both jobs and do them well, is just, it's just, you can't do it anymore. You can't do all the things that it takes to balance your, your books, to evaluate free agents, to do the draft, sign your picks, figure out who to keep, who to sign so that DeAndre, you know, Hopkins is gone. And, yeah. you know, I mean, all the things that have happened to that team, to Devin Clowney is gone and Laramie Tunsil is gone. I mean, we're talking about people at the top of the draft are all gone. And so then you just put a hodgepodge together. Yeah. I, I think they're going in different directions. It, it feels to me like Indianapolis and Tennessee are going in the right mm-hmm. direction. And Houston and certainly Jacksonville aren't going in that direction. Now, you got to play the games, got to play them out, all that kind of stuff. But it just doesn't feel like that. And I think part of it is and when you're at, when the coach is the general manager and the head coach, I just think in today's world, it's just too difficult. Yeah. Well, it sounds like it's safe to say we're both leaning Kansas City, maybe leaning hard. Uh, in, in, in that uh, season opener, then we, we picked the schedule up Sunday. We'll start with the one o'clock kickoffs Eastern time, yeah. obviously. Um, a lot of people intrigued, if not fascinated, by the New England Patriots and, and the Tom Brady era is finally over. The Cam Newton era has begun and the Dolphins are in transition, but finished strong last year. Um, built up some some mojo, some some positive vibes around Brian Flores. We know that they're starting the season with Ryan Fitzpatrick at quarterback, and and I suspect they stick with him, um, you know, for upwards of half the season to, to give Tua a little more time. Miami has shocked New England on occasion in the past. Um, uh, yeah, what, what are you what are you looking for in, in this game, Baldy? Are there a matchup or two? I mean, obviously, sometimes. The most important thing is the obvious most important thing, right? Which is going to be how they have evolved this offense to meet Cam's specifications. Yeah, well, I mean, if you talk about they have shocked New England in the past, they did it in week 17 yeah. last year. 
when the number two seed was on the line and they beat them, you know, and, and not just beat the Patriots, but they went, they beat the Philadelphia Eagles. I mean, they won three of their last five games yeah. and I don't think any team improved more from Halloween to new year's than the Miami dolphins did a year ago. Now it's a new year. Uh, but I, I'm not in love with this Patriots team at all. I, I got to see how this looks. I, I mean, there's nothing that scares me about a wide receiver. I know what Julian Edelman is. Um, you know, he he's a guy that works the middle of the field like nobody else. And he's as tough as they come. You love him. Everybody would want a Julian Edelman sure. on their team. But he doesn't change the game. No. And so you're asking Cam to, like, play this dink and dunk game that Tom Brady did. And that's just not who he is. No. Now, you know, I got to see how – I mean, I as you respect Josh McDaniels a great deal. I yeah. think it's – going to be innovative. I think what I saw from Cam with Norv Turner is what I, I think I'm going to see, which is a lot of pistol formation mm-hmm. and power pistol and a lot of free snap motion and all this kind of stuff. Cam still has to go out there and execute it. He still has to take hard coaching from Josh and from Bill. And that remains to be seen. I know we've seen him dancing and smiling and having fun and saying all the right things so far, but he has never really been coached the way he's going to get coached. He's going to get criticized. So I just got to see how he handles it. Um, but that being said, I'll, I'll take the Patriots in the opener, although man, when I saw the Dolphins beat them last year, they beat them. And yeah. you talk about a matchup. I mean, Devontae Parker had a breakout season at wide receiver for the Dolphins last year. And all you have to know is how this team evolved, Jason, is in week two, Devontae Parker was largely covered by the reigning defensive player of the year, Stephon Gilmore. Yeah. And they threw to him seven times. He didn't catch one ball. He was literally 0 for 7. And then in week 17, DeMonte Parker had a monster game, had eight catches, most of them against Stephon Gilmore, yeah. well over 100 yards, including the final drive where they went down the field on the Patriots and scored with a minute to go. And so, you know, I mean, Stephon Gilmore, look, I respect him like crazy, yeah. but DeMonte Parker beat him a number of times. And so, look, I, I don't, I think the Patriots are vulnerable here. They're vulnerable, but I'll still take the Patriots. I'm, I'm, we're all waiting to see how this thing looks because nobody knows. Right. Nobody has got a peek into right. how this thing is going to look. Yeah, you know, they, they had to replace every single linebacker. Juwan Bentley is the only returning yeah. starter or player, and he's hurt. So I don't know. I can't tell you who's lining up at linebacker for the Patriots right now. I know Brandon Copeland's going to be one. Yeah. Chase Winovich is going to be one. But largely, we knew who the linebacker, Kyle Van Noy, yes. Jamie Collins, yes. Dante Hightower, yes. we knew the guys that were playing linebacker. And they're like the hidden stars of that defense. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, Belichick, certainly, you look at that roster, he's got his hands full. He, if he gets this team to the playoffs, Baldy, I think it may be, which I don't think is out of the question, by the way, but if he accomplishes that, might go down as one of his his, his best yeah. coaching seasons, which is saying something. We'll, we'll stay in the AFC East. Okay. Jets at the Bills. Um, do they finally run their offense through Le'Veon Bell there uh, with Gang Green? And you know Buffalo, I have to think enters the season with some pretty strong vibes. You you know you start developing a culture there. You start winning some games. You start getting a buy in, and then you start taking care of your own. Right? We saw them do that with Deion Dawkins. Mm-hmm. We saw them do that with Tre'Davious White. Uh, I think Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean have, have built a pretty good thing there. I, I don't know if it's a Super Bowl team. It's certainly a playoff team. Um, And I think we both have our reservations about the Jets talent level right now, which is partially by design. These teams are at very different points in their evolution. 
you know, it's, it's interesting. Um, Buffalo's got a good culture. They're doing it the right way. They drafted Josh Allen, and they've done nothing but build around him the way you're supposed to do it. But they've had continuity there. So Sam, Sam Darnold's in the same draft, and yep. but the culture just isn't there. You know, uh, the general manager was hired after the draft. You know, I mean, all this stuff with Joe yes. Douglas. And, you know, I mean, it just – it doesn't feel like they're building it the right way. Now, maybe Joe has to tear it down to build it back up with the, his coach and his type players. He, 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 you know, he inherited a lot of bad contracts. Yes. That he's still trying to get out from under. Um, and so – they're going to start this season with Denzel Mims is probably going to start. And he hasn't really caught a pass no. in preseason. No. He literally missed five straight weeks. Like he didn't dress. He yeah. wasn't on the field. Yeah. And they're just going to kind of just slap together. I just don't think you can do that against Buffalo. The one thing Buffalo doesn't do, Jason, they don't beat themselves. No, sir. Especially defensively. I mean, they are so well coached defensively. They got a real candidate for defensive player of the year, Tredevious White. They locked him up. I mean, those safeties back there, Jordan Poyer and Micah Hyde, they don't make mistakes. They're just really well coached. And those, the teams that are really well coached, they tackle well. They generally win a lot of football games in this league. Even if the quarterback is still trying to figure things out, and I think he'll be better with Stephon Diggs, a guy that can really beat. Sure. I mean, that, that'll be a good matchup, Stephon Diggs and Tredavious White. I'm sure Tredavious will follow him and shadow him throughout the game. But uh, well, I'm saying it's Diggs on Buffalo, but I'm saying yeah. like uh, Tredavious White, uh, maybe he'll take Denzel Mims. We'll see how that goes. But uh, I, I just think Buffalo has been doing it the right way. They have increasingly gotten better. They've got a good culture with a general manager and a coach that are in lockstep together. Um, it, it It's a good system. And I think Buffalo wins this game handily right now. Yeah, I, I tend to agree. I don't think the Jets are going to be able to move the ball much, if at all, against that Buffalo defense. Uh, talking about well-coached teams, Baldy will stay in the AFC. We'll stay with some divisional matchups. Browns at the Ravens. Um, Baltimore, obviously, last season left a, a sour taste in, in, in their mouth after seeming unbeatable for about three months. They lose at home to Tennessee, second year in a row with a home playoff disappointment. The Browns, heck, I think there's people in that building who would sell their soul for a home playoff game. Um, <laughs> I believe in Kevin Stefanski. I think he's going to build something there that will be stable and productive. Um, but, boy, the the offseason and, and everything we went through with the pandemic did them no favors. Cleveland tends to play Baltimore pretty tough. Obviously, they've got to get some footwork and mechanics cleaned up with Baker Mayfield, and I think they will. Um it's hard not to lean a little bit towards the Ravens to me just because of the continuity and, and, and how good of a football team they are. Um, but if Cleveland's defense can can pull it together, we know over the course of time, at least I believe, that they're going to score some points. Well, I went down to Owings Mills uh, last Thursday, Jason, to see the Ravens. You know, you, you go out to I mean, you've been out to practice. I mean, you go out to a John Harbaugh practice. First of all, everybody practices. Yeah. Everybody. There's nobody hurt. Yeah. They're all in full pads. They're as organized as any practice you would ever see. Everybody's working. And they got a young receiving core. But Holly Brown is bigger and stronger yeah. this year and healthy. And last year at this time, he was still hobbling with a, you know, coming back from a foot injury. Um, they're young, but Devin Duvernay, I, I believe he's going to be a good football player. Mm -hmm. I believe Prochet is going to be a good player. I mean, I, 
they're they're a running offense anyways, run-based offense. They're all out there. They're all working. I think Calais Campbell, Derek Wolf, Patrick Queen, they're all going to help. That being said, Cleveland did go to Baltimore last year in week four. They put up 40 yep. points on them. They ran the ball really well. Nick Chubb had his best game of his career. He ran for three touchdowns. They blocked him up, and that was the one weakness of Baltimore is you could run the ball on him last year. And, you know, we saw it in the, in the postseason with Tennessee. And so that's why Calais is there and Patrick Queen is in the middle and Derek Wolf is there. They they wanted to, to beef it up, you know, and get better players up front, and they've done that. So that's the challenge right now for Cleveland. Can they run it against this front? Uh, I, I just like the stability that Baltimore has. I like the way they're coached. They have the best kicking game yeah. in America. Um, from the long snapper to the punter to the kicker, there's no group better. Um, you know, and that that counts for a lot. Field position, getting three when there's chance to get three. I mean, all that stuff is there. I think Cleveland's on the right track. I think Stefanski is going to be the stability they need. I just don't think you're going to – I just think it's a tough matchup for Cleveland week one. Yeah, a couple quick thoughts on that game from my end. Um, as good as the, the Wolf Pack there, as they call themselves, uh, the, the punter, you know, Sam Cook and uh, yeah. and Tucker and the long snapper, as good as they are, their special teams units overall, not great last year. Starting field position, not good. They've been looking for a stable punt returner for a while. We'll see if the rookie James Prochet could do the job. Um, he should be mm-hmm. the first man up there. And I'm looking yeah. at Mark Andrews in this game, Baldy. I don't know where the matchup is there that Cleveland likes on him. He, he tore him apart in the second meeting last year. They were using their their uh, free safety at the time, Randall, who was already sort of on his last legs with the Browns. Um, that matchup didn't work. I think if the kid Wilson was healthy, the linebacker, he'd be a guy they'd like to bang with Andrews. But I don't think he's coming back until late. It's all new linebackers. Until late September, right? It's all new linebackers, Baldy. And then Sandeo, I don't think that's a good matchup on Andrews. I have a feeling that the Ravens could keep it simple, stupid here. And Lamar play pitch and catch with the tight end, especially in the red zone. And I don't know that the Browns match up well there. I, I think you're right. I think there's some real question marks in the back end of Cleveland. Um, I think that uh, I, this, I I want to see if Baker can get the timing back that he had his first year with Juice and mm-hmm. what he never really found with Odell. Uh, maybe it was due to injuries a year ago. They were all banged up. But I want to see if Baker can get back. Um you go back to his rookie year, he finished the season in Baltimore. Yes. And he had the ball Damn in his near hands one. Yeah. game to win it, and he couldn't finish it out. But he was he was really, really good. And I'm a big Baker fan. Um, everybody needs discipline in this world. Uh, quarterbacks need it more than just about anybody else. And I think there will be a much more disciplined approach to how he plays the game. I think he'll be protected much better. Um, I'm anxious to see their running game. I'm also anxious to see J.K. Dobbins, yes, the rookie back, because I thought he was the best back in the draft. And, you know, just like Baltimore usually does, they just sit there and wait for something good to happen, and he fell right in their lap. And on a team that wants to run the ball more than anybody else in this business, they, they I believe they got the best running back. So Chubb and Hunt and Dobbins and Ingram, I mean – yeah. You're into watching good running backs play. This this is a great game to watch. Yeah. Uh, one other 1 p.m. AFC divisional game. Colts at the Jags. Uh, 
you talked about the Colts as, as an ascending team. I'm right there with you. Uh, we've talked already about a couple of these matchups, teams trending in different directions. I think this is the epitome of that. Let's keep it real, Baldy. I think if the Jags could punt on 2021 and hit the, I'm sorry, punt on 2020, hit the fast forward button of 2021, I think they'd probably, in their heart of hearts, be okay with that. I'm not sure the Jacksonville Jaguars have necessarily a discernible strength as that roster stands right now. Um, And Frank Reich and and Chris Ballard uh, have built a team that I think maybe was a little bit slow. And I don't like using this term. I think what other football players might say they were a soft team. I'm not going to call any football player personally soft, but that was sort of the reputation within the industry. And now they've beat, built a team that I think both sides of the line of scrimmage is getting to a point where they can actually be the bully. Well, they want to run the ball. I mean, I was with Frank this summer uh, in Indianapolis and the foundation, everything he wants to do is he wants to run it. So they got Jonathan Taylor, you know, to go with Marlon back and the guys that they have there with the line that they have and, now, Philip Rivers may not be in love with the way Frank really wants to right. run it. I know they've all been together. But, you know, this Philip Rivers has to – I think he's got to play you – know, he's, he, he's got to be the team player here. Yeah. And when it's time to throw it on third down, red zone, time to put points on the board, Philip Rivers has to be good. Um, they put a lot into this. You know, it's. I think it's more than a one-year deal with Philip. I mean, I think they believe that he can be the guy that – can get them into the postseason and through the postseason. But he's got to do it. He wasn't particularly good last year, especially at the end of games. Um, but that, that's, you know, that's I think their defense has been built up. Um, all the guys that they've added, including, uh, you know, DeForest Buckner, I mm-hmm. think it's going to be a huge addition. But this is a team that is built well in the trenches. They've put a lot of resources in the trenches. The quarterback has to do their job and kind of a, secondary that has had a lot of questions has to do their job. And I think if those things happen, Indianapolis is going to be a fun team to watch in January. Switching conferences. And and I think we both think that's probably a, not a very competitive game. Um, You know, unless maybe the element, there is always that potential for the Florida heat and humidity to be a factor, but I just don't know if it's enough of a factor to keep that game all that close. Mm -hmm. Uh, We have all divisional games in the other conference in the NFC North, Green Bay at Minnesota. Green Bay plays Minnesota very tough. I think some of Green Bay's best defensive outings in recent years have been against Minnesota. Um, since we last chatted, I think the Vikings added Unique and Gakwe. Uh, I like that a lot for them. Uh, how could you not? You know, he's a guy who, who averages uh, about, you know, uh, I think he, he what, 37 well, he and a half sacks in, his, in 15 forced fumbles in his yeah. four seasons in Jacksonville. Yeah. Yeah. Anybody that knows Yannick, and I think you do. I mm-hmm. mean, he's a Maryland guy. He is—he's the epitome of what a team player really is. I mean, he's a hard worker. Uh, he's all about the team. He's not about himself. He just wanted to get out of Jacksonville. Yes, I think he's got a new lease on life. He's got a defensive-minded coach. He's got a real head coach that I think he's yes. going to respect. Um, they've got a good defense with a lot of pieces there that have been there. Harrison Smith, and you know, I mean, all the guys that are there. The linebackers, Eric Kendricks and Barr, I mean, he'll he'll have a lot of respect for how they play the game and approach the game. I think you'll see a really good season from Unique. No, I'm, I'm with you there, and I'm interested to see Aaron Rodgers, year two with Matt LaFleur. I kind of felt like the training wheels or the handcuffs were on Aaron Rodgers last year that, that you know, they wanted to run the ball. Um, 
you know, the, the defense was very opportunistic early in games. They got to play with a lot of leads. They got a lot of early turnovers. And, you know, if Aaron Rodgers went 18 for 22 with a, you know, a touchdown or two and no interceptions, I kind of felt like the coach was okay with that. I'm wondering how that will fly this year. Well, I am too. I mean, Green Bay was undefeated in their division last year. They were 6-0, and and the Vikings, outside of a late comeback in the first game, they really weren't competitive with Green Bay. Right. And, you know, this Aaron Rodgers story, like it, it, some of the things that they do in Green Bay um, really don't make any sense. I mean, even drafting, you know, A.J. Dillon. I mean, he's the third right. running back on that team right now. Right. He hasn't been particularly good. No. Um, there's not even – like, he's not in the same ballpark as Aaron Jones. No, sir. Aaron Jones is a great receiver. Yes. He's great. but I mean, there's nothing he can't do. And Aaron Rodgers trusts him. He trusts Aaron Jones and he trusts Devontae Adams. And those those guys are going to get the ball. Now, he would love if he could get something out of Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Yeah. Like, he didn't get anything out of him last year. The fir- After the first year, Jason, I thought this could be the next Jordy Nelson. Because mm-hmm. he's tall. He's fast. Really fast. Maybe the fastest guy they got. Right. He just didn't do anything last year, and he was active, and he he just didn't do anything. He needs a th- everybody needs a third option. You might not need number four, number five, but you need three for sure. And I don't know that he has three. So, and then this idea that I hear people say, "Well, he's going to be super motivated this year." Well, you don't know Aaron Rodgers. Right, like, motivated. The guy's super motivated. Yeah. The guy won Celebrity Jeopardy. Right. The guy's super motivated every yes. day. Period. Yes. So. I don't know if he tries to win despite the coach, despite what the front office is doing. I know this. Defensively, I think they're good. Right. Not great. But, you know, those games against San Francisco, they were – I mean, they couldn't tackle. They no. couldn't get lined up. I mean, it was just awful. So, uh, you know, I'm sure – I think Gary Kubiak's going to make a big difference in Minnesota. Uh, you know him for Baltimore. Yes. That year in 2014, it was a symphony watching that offense. Oh, best Flacco ever looked. It, it, it was the best he ever looked. It was Forsett, the best game, year he ever had. I mean, it was – I mean, they lost to New England that playoff game, yeah. which, you know, they had won a couple yes. of times. But they were a really good football team. And Kubiak was a big part of it. And anybody that was around him, they'll tell you. Um, Matt Burke will tell you. A lot of guys will tell you. That guy is one smart coach and respected. And so he's going to get his chance to put a stamp on this offense. If they can ru- – I think the offense line's a little bit in flux. Yeah. But if they run the ball halfway decent with that zone stretch and everything that Kubiak will do off of it, with the additions that they've made, the tight ends that they have, a healthy Adam Thielen. I mean, this offense, I think, I think Kirk Cousins could have the best year he ever had. Yeah, he's he's I picked him up as my second quarterback in a couple of fantasy drafts. I I I think Kirk Cousins could could be a pretty good compiler this year. A minute ago, Baldy, you talked about having, you know, you need to have a third option on offense. I dare say that Mitch Trubisky would be a lot of teams' third options at quarterback <laughs> if he was in their yeah. quarterback room. Yet he he won the, and I'm using air quotes here, battle with Nick Foles for the right to be the starting quarterback for the Chicago football Bears. They opened their season at the Detroit Lions. Um I love the way Matt Stafford was playing last year. He and Daryl Bevel seemed to have a, a real kind of simpatico thing going on. Um, I think Matt Stafford is um, somebody who, if he stays healthy this year, could be on the periphery of the MVP conversation. Um, the Bears, boy, oh boy, I, I just think if, 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 if you're coming into a season where the locker room and – the, the, the fans and the media and everybody's looking at the quarterback saying, we don't really think he's an NFL starting quarterback. 
that that tends to become a factor sooner rather than later. No, it, it, it sure does. I mean, everybody knows the players. And I don't know what kind of competition they had. Nobody knows. Yeah. Um, they could have just pulled two names out of a hat, you know, a name and, right. and just said, okay, Mitch, you get it. I mean, I don't know how you could conduct a competition in, in today's world with no games and no scrimmages or anything. I mean, I don't know how you do it. Um, I saw, I saw, I went to seven camps. I mean, I, I don't, I, outside of a little bit of hitting that I saw in some places, I mean, there wasn't hardly any contact in some of these places. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, if Mitch Trubisky loses this game and looks like Mitch Trubisky against Detroit, who's look, I mean, it's like new England of the central, right? I mean, it's just all expatriates everywhere. Um, but, you know, I, I think they you – know, I know what Matt Patricia wants to do. He just keeps adding these running backs, which I don't disagree with. They could never keep anybody healthy. Yeah. I want to see DeAndre Swift. I want to see what, the, what these guys can do. But I love Kenny Galladay. I mean, that guy is on the right ascent mm-hmm. into stardom. I mean, he has everything it takes to be a great receiver. So, look, I mean, we'll, we'll see. Chicago is built on defense. Um, I, I think they're – I think that they could give Detroit a lot of problems and keep them in the game. I just I don't see anything in Chicago offensively. No, that go they can go up and down the field on anybody. No, nope. and so I, I like Detroit in his first game. Boy, and if Chicago has to play from behind, forget about it. Um, staying in the NFC, one p.m. kickoff, which for the Seattle Seahawks will feel like a ten a.m. kickoff. They travel to Atlanta yep. to open their season. A um, lot of familiarity between these teams. Obviously, Dan Quinn, a, a, a Pete Carroll uh, disciple. Um, Atlanta's had a hell of a time starting seasons in September. They usually start playing football around Halloween, and, and it's, it's been it's been a little too late uh, the last couple of years. So there's a lot of pressure on them to get off to a quick start. Um, I think Russell Wilson's going to be a factor in the MVP conversation and, and he might be able to begin uh, putting together that kind of MVP resume against an Atlanta defense that has struggled. Now we saw last year with the, you know, the internal change um, and Raheem Morris kind of taking it over. It, it got better. I guess we'll find out how sustainable it is. Well, you know, it's interesting because the, the tipping point to the Falcon season last year was their eighth game against Seattle at home. And they were one and six, and I was there that day. I did the game, and it was a love fest with you know Dan Quinn and running around and hugging all these Seattle players. I just thought it was a bad look. In fact, yeah. I, I told some people in Atlanta I thought it was a bad look. And at, at halftime, it was twenty four nothing Seattle, and Matt Schaub was that quarterback, and he threw for a lot of yards in the second half, and they made some, they closed the gap a little bit. But I mean, it was an ugly game. They took the bye week. Um, there was a lot of internal conversations about Dan Quinn's future. Uh, they decided to keep him. They made that change that you mentioned, Raheem Morris. I don't know why he was coaching wide receivers, but he was. He took over the defense, and the defense went to New Orleans the next week, and they beat the the Saints. They went to San Francisco. They beat the 49ers. They look like a completely different team. I like Atlanta's offense a great deal. I, I thought that they played really good football in December when they got Chris Lindstrom and Caleb McGarry healthy on the mm-hmm. right side of the offense line, two first-round picks go with Alex Mack and Jake Matthews. I, I thought offensively, and I think offensively, they're going to be a really good football team. And I, I don't know how good Seattle is defensively. I know Jamal Adams came there, but, you know, Jamal Adams is he's, – he's a linebacker, you know, in, right. in, with Bobby Wagner and K.J. Wright. That's, that's his real position, a dime linebacker, and he's good at that. He'll make a lot of plays behind the line of scrimmage and 
gamble a little bit, and he's a good tackler. But I don't think he changes the game on the back end. And I, I think they have problems defensively. I don't know that they can rush the passer. So I, I, I like Atlanta in this first game. I know what Russell Wilson is just – he's just – I don't know that he ever gets disrespected. I don't know that we he's ever not fully appreciated. About him, but He's not fully appreciated, reason, Baldy. Nationally, he's not. Maybe that's what it is. He started every single game now going into his ninth straight year. And all he does is answer the bell. And if there's one guy that can lift up an organization and put it on his shoulders, it's Russell Wilson. He does it every year. But that being said, I don't, I'm not in love with the Seattle team right now. And uh, it's, a, it's a new offensive line in, in, a large, in, in a lot of places. I'm going to see how Mike Solari puts that together. I like Atlanta right now. They're, they're, they are healthy mm-hmm. for the first time. That's always been a factor. Keanu Neal, I, I want to see A.J. Terrell line up and play. They were first-round pick. I'm going to take Atlanta in this game. One other 1 p.m. all-divisional affair. It's in, it's in the East, which I often refer to as the least. Uh, Philadelphia Eagles at Washington football team. Haskins named the starter in Washington. They they they. Do keep Alex Smith on the 53, though, and that's an amazing story. And if, if he can somehow get on the field this year, um, even if it's just in a mop-up role, I know what that would mean to him and, and mean to his teammates and his loved ones. Um, I, look, the, the Eagles, I think, have some warts right now. You know, they really banged up at the receiver position. They've had to reshuffle their offensive line a couple of times this offseason due to significant injuries. I just don't know that those warts are a factor against Washington. Although Washington's front seven, with all the assets they have built into it, should be beastly. There's no excuses there with Chase Young now added to a mix that already included a bunch of first and second rounders. Um, but I, I just think Washington on the offensive side of the ball, besides you know McLaren, doesn't have much to hang its head on. Washington always makes you scratch your head. They just do. Um Everything, I mean, I've been down to Washington to see him. I mean, Adrian Peterson was the best player in offense when I was there. I mean, he was first in line. He ran 50 yards every time he touched the ball. Now, Antonio Gibson maybe something more than what I think I saw. Right. Maybe Bryce Love who didn't practice. I mean, you know, maybe these guys are going to step up. And um, it's just, you know, I mean, Alex Smith is a great story. But if if you believe Dwayne Haskins is the guy, why why is Alex Smith there? I mean, I don't Maybe he can help him become a pro. I, right. I don't know. Just, but I do I do want to watch Chase Young play. Um, I don't know that Lane Johnson is going to play in this game. Right. I mean, he coming back from a little minor foot surgery. Uh, I think he I mean, I think he probably needs another week, but maybe mm-hmm. against this defensive front, they they put him out there. Jason Peters, it's just bizarre that they make this switch to left tackle this late in the whole show. Yeah. After Andre Dillard goes down. I mean, it's just I don't, I don't know. I mean, but it, it is crazy. But even with Jalen Rager out, and I don't think Alshon Jeffrey's playing. Right. Even with all of that, I mean, the Philadelphia Eagles, they, they should win this game. Better win this football game. Yeah. They, they have to win this game. Yes. They didn't play well against him in the first game last year. Yes. But the Eagles have to go to Washington and win this game. There's, I mean, that stadium is a, it's a mausoleum to begin with. Yes. Then, um, then with no fans. Like, I can't even imagine how dead that place is going to feel, yeah. you know? Like, I don't know if a parking lot, maybe if right. you were in a parking lot, there'd be more just guys just kind of hanging around looking. You might have a better atmosphere. But I can't imagine what that's going to be like playing inside that place. Last 1 p.m. kickoff, Baldy, Matt Rule's debut as an NFL head coach. The Carolina Panthers host the Raiders. The Raiders are favorites in this game. 
I I don't know, man. I I do think Carolina's going to put up some points. Um I I have some reservations about about the Raiders and and what's going on there and they give Mariota all that money and he's hurt again and <laughs> Nathan Peterman sticking around and they're redoing his deal and um, I don't know, Baldy. I kind of feel like Matt Rule might might not be in the worst spot in the world here, especially with 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 the Raiders' defense, which I don't really know what they excel at. You're right. So I did this on Twitter this week, Jason. It actually got a, a lot of buzz. But I was down in Carolina a couple weeks ago. I've talked to Matt, and I've kind of gone back and forth with him throughout this process. If you lined up just – if you took each team's best four weapons, okay – and you ran a four by 100 meter relay team. I'm just talking about speed. Right. And you put Christian McCaffrey, DJ Moore, Curtis Samuel, and Robbie Anderson in your relay. Like, how many teams could beat them in that right. relay race? Right. They all have experience. I think that Joe Brady knows what he's doing. I think they've got the right guy in Teddy Bridgewater um, for right now. I think they've upgraded the offensive line. Uh, I, I'm taking. Carolina, I know defensively they're just beginning the process. It starts with drafting seven defensive players. But Derrick Brown is going to be a factor. Now, I, I, I think Oakland's offensive line is really good, or Vegas' offensive line is really good. Yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll see how that looks. And I, I think Josh Jacobs can run it and all that. I, I think Carolina's offense, though, is going to have a real chance in this game to, to really go up and down the field. I, I'm with you on this Raiders defense. I can't figure out – all they do is – for three straight years in a row now, all they've done is just turn it over. Yeah. And I don't know that they're any better right now no. up front and at the linebacker core. And I know they just keep adding and changing out defensive players, but all I have seen them do for two straight years is break down in the back end. They went 0-5 the last five games of the year last year. They played terrible. They changed all these pieces. I, I don't know that they're any better right now defensively. I'm, I'm going to take Carolina in a mild upset. I'm with game. you there, and, and I know we're wondering about continuity and how how um, you know how cohesive some of these units will look early on because of the lack of practice time and playing time. But th- that could be a high scoring ball game if you're into over unders. Um, the late kickoffs will start uh, with, with the the NFC games, um, two divisional games that I, I think will get a lot of attention, and and frankly could go a long way to deciding some things yep. with playoff ramifications down the road. Uh, obviously Tampa Bay at New Orleans. I mean, Tom Brady in something other than a Patriots uniform, Gronk in something other than a Patriots uniform. Um, the Saints tried to get clowny. They're loaded for bear. That By the time a lot of people hear this podcast, Alvin Kamara will be locked up. They're trying to lock up Lattimore as well. Um, mm-hmm. They're all in to win right now. Tom Brady's all in to win every year at this stage of his career. And let's face it, Bruce Arians as well. Um it should be a fascinating uh, three hours of football. Um, I don't know that I lean particularly either way. This is one I'm just going to sit back as a fan and enjoy. Well, I remember seeing Tampa uh, host New Orleans in November last year, and there was nothing Drew Brees couldn't do against Tampa's defense. Now, Mm -hmm. from that point on, Tampa's defense really showed up and really played well. The ball just comes out too fast. I mean, Shaq Barrett, JPP, Vita Vey, I mean, they really had no chance to get to Drew Brees. The ball just comes out so fast. He knows where he wants to go against Todd Bowles' defense. And there was nothing they could do. And, and vice versa, 
Jameis yeah. Winston had no idea where to go with the ball with Tampa's offense. Now, I think it'll be a lot different with Tom Brady. Um, it, it's everybody's good. Everybody wants to watch this game. I mean, this this is the most maybe the most anticipated game yeah. of the whole weekend. Yeah. Um, Brady in a buck uniform. Is he 43? Is he 33? What is he? <laughs> right. You know, uh, you know, is does he have a live arm? Can he protect himself? I mean, this, you know, the, they're going to line up a rookie, Tristan Wirfs, against, you know, one of the best defensive players in the whole league. Um, and so, you know, Cameron Jordan. Yes. So I, I, I I'm, I'm leaning towards New Orleans in this game just because I, I think they just have so much continuity. And it's not to take any shame on what Tampa is doing. I think they're doing a lot of the right things. Um, we got to see how they put it together. I got to see, is is this going to be a deep passing offense the way it has been, the way it always has been with Bruce Arians? Or is this going to be a Tom Brady offense where the ball is going to be thrown short over the middle? Like, is it going to be a blend? I just want to see how how it looks. I can't wait to watch it. And there's also sort of the freak show element of this, which is when you think about New Orleans at home, even above and beyond the team, you think of the environment, right? You think of the raucous fans and people, you know, tailgating. And not that it doesn't happen in every NFL city, but this is one of the true home field advantages in football. And that's going to be mitigated. And I think it's just going to be bizarre, you know, for Tom Brady to be able to call out whatever he wants. And I know they're pumping in certain, you know, decibel levels of, of, you know, cultivated old fan noise. But that's that's not going to be the same. There's not human beings there making the noise. Like, I just wonder for some of these dome teams in particular, if it actually is more of a detriment to them playing at home with with, with the fake sound you know, versus the outdoor teams where maybe it doesn't affect them as much. I remember um, when I was playing with the Eagles, Jason, we went to New Orleans in a playoff game in 1993, and I was the left guard. Randall Cunningham was our quarterback, and I, I'm, so I'm right next to the quarterback. I didn't hear Randall Cunningham one time the whole day. Right. I mean, I, I literally had one eyeball on the ball and one on Frank Warren, who I was playing against yeah. the whole day. I, I, I mean, that, that's how I had to play the game, and that's just not going to be the case now. And I, I don't know what Fox is going to do you know, with crowd noise and how it's going to sound. Um, but I know that you're going to be able to hear Tom Brady. Yep. So, first of all, I mean, Tom Brady is the loudest quarterback I've ever heard, period, to begin with. I mean, when he barks, it, you know, it sounds like he's got a Mr. Microphone um, <laughs> when he when he yells out his signals. It's just a sign of, like, the level of confidence that he has. But I do want to see all these pieces. I want to see Fournette. I want to see Gronk. I want to see Evans against Lattimore. You know, I want to see Godwin. I mean, I want to see this thing. I want to see all of it, uh, every every phase of this thing and how it plays out. And, you know, like, look, we know the Saints are a good football team. We know that they're well coached. But it's been three straight years of disappointment. At some yeah. point, they may hit the wall, Jason. Yeah. It just You just might hit the wall with disappointment and, and not get off the mat the way they have three years in a row. And so I, I want to see, like, you know, how they – Bounce back in the season. I, I mean, they they were asked that all year last year, and obviously they bounced back well. You know, you and you know to win five straight without Drew Brees like they did yeah. showed you just how good of a team they are. Well, no one had more disappointment and heartbreak to end last season than the 49ers who who had a lead and seemed to be bossing the Super Bowl uh, at least for the first half before Mahomes took that game over. You know, Baldy, it's not. 
always who you play. It's when you play them. And I'm looking mm-hmm. at this matchup, Arizona at San Francisco. Kyle Shanahan's running out of wide receivers, and I know he can find them anywhere and cultivate them and coach them up, but the deck is stacked against them. And no one's really – because they have no wide receivers, nobody's talking about the offensive line where – they're in a little bit of a state of distress there as well at multiple spots due to injuries. The Super Bowl hangover, is it real? Is it not? I don't know, but it, historically those teams tend not to get back to the heights, the Super Bowl loser that they were a year ago. DeAndre Hopkins just pocketed his extension with Carol, with, with the Cardinals. He's going to be there for a long time. I find myself talking myself into Arizona stealing this game. I'm not ready to say that yet. Uh, I, I look at the back end of this Arizona defense, Jason. They gave up 38 touchdowns, 38 passing touchdowns last year. I know that they gave Buda Baker a ton of money, and Drake Kirkpatrick is going to play a corner, and Patrick Peterson, you know, is lining up to start the season. But they were awful on the back end, even with Chandler Jones getting 19 sacks. I mean, um, just just their defense. I, I, I still I know they added a lot of pieces. But I got to see them stop this rushing attack um, because San Francisco played with backup offense linemen all year last year. Didn't make any difference. Um, ben Garland stepped in for Weston Richburg. He didn't notice any difference. They had, you know, Joe Staley was out. You know, they had a backup tackle in there. I mean, it, it didn't make any difference. Uh, they're just that precise in how they run the football. I, I still think the 49ers, and I know. I don't know who they're lining up at wide receiver on Sunday. I don't think they know yet exactly. Um, But I think they have enough because I'm not convinced Arizona's defense has been fixed to be a really a contending team right now. I know offensively they're going to be really good. Mm -hmm. And I think though they, they jumped from 32nd to 16 last year in Cliff's first year as a head coach. Um, And I think they make the jump into the top 10 this year. Uh, and so I, I think it's going to be a you know pretty good shootout, but I like the 49ers to win the game. One regional 405 kickoff, Baldy, but I, I find it intriguing. You've got the Chargers playing their first game in whatever, 15 years with somebody other than Phillip Rivers as a starting quarterback, and you've got the Bengals playing their first game with Joe Burrow at quarterback. Um, a lot of new pieces with the Cincinnati Bengals, uh, you know, uh, getting a left tackle back who didn't you know play at all last year new starting quarterback they tried to beef up that defense in free agency um probably improved it somewhat i'm not i'm, I'm, I'm that's certainly going to be a work in progress and the chargers ball they, they just can't avoid the injury yeah. bug you know what i mean it's mike williams it's it, derwin james out for the season mike williams sort of out indefinitely um it's just one thing after another with them i agree I agree. I mean, it's, it sounds like you're like actually leaning towards Cincinnati. I think Joe Burrow is the real deal. Um, I don't think you can go 15 and 0 in that conference right. playing against those teams and play at that level without being special. And I, I was around Sam Darnold a lot this well, some this offseason, and he was training with Joe Burrow, and he just said, "Man, that guy is pinpoint accurate with the ball. Not the strongest arm, right? Everybody knew that." But pinpoint accuracy. And I think the offensive line has been upgraded. They will get uh, Jonah Williams back at left tackle after missing the season. Uh, I know that Billy Price is healthy for the first time in three years. I think they're good enough up front 
I, I just don't know that Terod Taylor is – I know people say that he's a leader and he does, takes care of the football, that he just doesn't make any plays. The offense isn't going to – I know they want to run the ball with Anthony Lynn and all that, but I just don't see the ball going down the field with any accuracy, with any regularity um, to Keenan Allen or, you know, name a guy right, right now. Uh, I, I – Losing Derwin James, it's it's just hard to imagine just how versatile that guy is, how many different positions he plays, and how much of a mess he cleans up. That being said, I think the Chargers are just more talented right now. Yeah. I'll give it to the Chargers, but I, I'm not in love with that team. I'm not in love with the decision of quarterback. I got to wait and see right here when they're going to make the switch at quarterback because I think they will. Sunday night, we cap off our day of football. Cowboys at Rams. Rams going running back uh, by committee. Sean McVay has talked a lot about that leading up to the season. Um, the Cowboys and Jerry Jones have talked about using uh, their back, uh, Zeke, even maybe more than the number of touches he's been accustomed to the last couple of years. We've got Mike McCarthy making his coaching debut with Dallas. Um Boy, you, you look at Dallas's offense, it, it should be really explosive. Um, I, I still wonder a little bit about them on the other side of the ball, Baldy. And, and this will be fascinating. I mean, Randy Gregory, we haven't seen him in a while. Alden Smith, we haven't seen him in a really long time. Um, how does this thing gel uh, defensively for Dallas? Well, Mike Nolan wants to be you know, really multiple. Um, and so, you know, you'll see a 4-3 look, which they have been for the longest time. And then you'll see a three, four look. So Demarcus Lawrence will be down and be up. I, I don't think that's the easiest thing. Everson Griffin has been a four, three defensive end. Uh, they acquired them, him from, you know, via Minnesota, mm -hmm. but uh, they've been four, three defensive end. So I'm not sure why they would be so multiple with players that haven't played in those type of positions before, but we'll see what Mike does. Mike's a smart guy. Yes. He's a good teacher. Uh They've got, but I, you know, I think when you get uh, Jalen Smith and Kyle uh, and, and Van Der Esch there, Leighton Van Der Esch, I mean, I think those guys just can flat out run yeah. and hit with the best of them. Um, they're really an elite group. Um, Leighton was hurt last year with a bad neck, but he's back. So I think, look, the front will be good enough, but I, those guys are going to clean up just about everything. I, I, I don't like anything about what's going on with the Rams. Yeah. Um, it starts with the offense line. We'll see. Um, you know, it wasn't good last year. They couldn't run the ball. Maybe Cam Akers is a difference maker in that, you know, in that run game. Uh, defensively, it's just been nothing but change. Uh, we'll see what Jalen Ramsey looks like, you know, with a full year now, full off season, uh, fitting in that defense. I didn't think he changed the defense that much no. last year. They just seem like they have so many holes defensively right now that they had to fill, primarily because, you know, they, they're in salary cap hell. And yes. They just had to cut so many players. And you can't just think that Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey um, can just right. do it by themselves. Right. Two-man army, yeah. Yeah, uh, I, I think Dallas is going to put a lot of points on the board Sunday night. Monday, we get the week one doubleheader, Baldy. Pittsburgh at the New York Giants. We, we see Ben Roethlisberger for the first time since the second quarter of the second game last season when – he got hurt, the elbow injury ending his season. Um, boy, I, I, I think the Giants, um, 
I, I think that the, the Giants are going to struggle a little bit. I, I we talked about bad defenses. I, I don't know. I mean, boy. Well, they're going to struggle. I mean, yeah. just the matchup. Who can they stop? I don't know. I mean, just that defensive. Like I know they're trying to fix this offense line. I don't know if Nate Solder was there, how much better they would be after watching the last two years. Um, they're going to go up against an elite defensive front. I mean, every one of those guys: Bud Dupree, Cam Hayward. Uh, Stephon Tuitt, T.J. Watt, every one of those guys can flat out win your one-on-one. And you, so, and I, I just don't think, I mean, I, I got to see what Andrew Thomas looks like. He's going to get tested yeah. by Bud Dupree, who is about as strong a power rusher as there is. I, I just don't think this looks good. And the Giants defense, they're patching it together. They can line up with 11 guys. I don't know how good they are. It's just a weirdly built defense they've put more assets and money into the defensive tackle position than anybody else in the NFL. And I just don't understand why you would build your team like that. Build your team on the edges with great corners and pass rushers. But why would you build – and I, like to put all those assets at defensive tackle, none of them are great pass rushers. I, I just think it's questionable what they're doing. Yeah, I have uh, a feeling, Baldy, by halftime of this game, we would be hoping that they could just switch the feed to the other game and just kick that one off about two hours early because there ain't going to be nothing much to see uh, down there at uh, MetLife Stadium. And the final game of the weekend is Tennessee Titans at Denver Broncos. And, and obviously, both these teams have kind of – the access is the, the access is tilted for them in, in the last few days. You've got the Titans yeah. finally convincing Jadavion Clowney to, to go there. That's only after he couldn't get the trades to New Orleans or Baltimore facilitated. I, I don't think he ever really was totally in love with playing with the Titans, or this would have happened months ago. Um, but nevertheless, that's where he is, and I think he'll be an interesting piece for Mike Vrabel. And on the other side, the Broncos, one of their final practices of the, of, of the preseason – lose Von Miller for what certainly from everything I've heard from in that building is for the season. It would take a miracle for him to be back after suffering a significant ankle ligament injury uh, at practice on Tuesday. Um, Bradley Chubb kind of on a pitch count, right? And and I thought Denver, if they were going to be an ascending team, as much as we talk about all the new pieces on offense, I thought it was going to take an airtight defense. You know, Chris Harris not there anymore. Yeah. You just start to wonder a little bit, at least I do, um, about what's coming next for Denver because teams tend to get more beat up and not healthier as the season goes on. It, it was such a gut punch to hear mm. the injury to Von Miller because I really thought that Vic Fangio had the pieces Me too. to be a real, I mean, a Vic Fangio-type defense yeah. that is around the top five but certainly up at the leaderboard with takeaways. Yep, But to lose Von after losing Bradley Chubb last year, uh, those those things tend to reverberate in the locker room. Like when they when you lose your best player like that, yeah. In a practice, I, I, it's just hard to it, it's hard to you know uh, really calculate just how much that goes through in an entire organization. And look, I, I, Pat Shermer is a nice guy. You just see him in church all the time. I, I've known him. You know, since he came to Philadelphia, the quarterback coach, I just don't see any offense that he has run where you go, you get excited. Right. And, you know, I think that – I think when I watched Drew Locke, I liked a lot of things I saw those last five weeks last year. He played really well. He got rid of the ball quickly. I, these guys just have to be paired, I think, with really innovative, creative coaches. Yeah. And I, 
I don't see that. I just don't see that with Pat Shermer. That's not, I, I, that's not who he is. And that was reflective in the places that he has been outside of, you know, one little run in Minnesota, um, you know, that was really fueled by their defense. But I just think that this is that Tennessee's they're built to go to Denver and win this game. And, uh, and I like, I like what Tennessee is doing. I like, I love the running back up Brable's approach. I like the back end of their defense. Kevin Byard is a really good football yes. player. Uh, I, I like Tennessee to kind of get things started on the final game of the of the opening week of the season. Yeah, I think that could be a throwback, uh, you know, game where especially without a lot of practice time, right? Keep it simple, stupid. I think they could road grade Denver now, and you're talking about backup ends probably having to play a lot of snaps. Uh, I, I think you might see Mr. Henry running quite a bit at those guys. I'm I'm with you there, Baldy. Well, look, most of all. We're just pumped to have football back. And and look, even if these games are sloppy, right? And even if the officials are not ready for prime yep. time, I think we just have to bear in mind that the effort that it took collectively, the union, the players, the coaches, um, the league office, individual front offices to get us to a point where they've navigated this thing to where we're kicking off a season with, with what were the latest numbers, Baldy? One new confirmed case in the last two weeks among the players. I mean, that's absolutely yeah. astounding. Um, I hope we're able to, to to keep it up. They are going to continue to test daily for the foreseeable future, which is huge. And hopefully, Baldy, that means we'll have a full slate of games to talk about again next week and oh, every we week so, after. Uh, we, we really do, Jason. I mean, I, 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 my hat's off to everybody on this collective effort to get us to this point, to get us September 9th. The kickoff. I mean, everybody. I th- I think a lot of people felt positive that we could do it, um, but I think everybody still kind of was waiting for some yeah. something to blow up, mm-hmm. and it never did. Now, all these teams that got to travel, Houston traveling uh, today to get to Kansas City hotel, airlines, airport. I mean, all the stuff that they got to do. Uh, we'll, we'll find out a lot probably by this time next week how this thing may go. But I'm just happy that we have something really to dive into for the writers, the analysts, uh, the networks. We've got something to really cover here. Um, and gosh, we, we we need it. We need, we need it. it so bad. So I'm I'm super excited, Jason. Really, I'm in a film room right now. I just want to put Kansas City and Houston on on Friday morning. You know, at yes. uh, at six o'clock in the morning and watch this game and tape. Well, I'm already excited to talk to you next week. We will reconvene next Wednesday. This has been Baldy's Breakdowns on Radio.com with Jason Lockett for and Brian Baldinger. Again, you want to find us on Twitter, that's at BaldyNFL and at Jason Lockett for. I swear it's just like it sounds. And please, if you enjoy what we're doing, or even if you don't, subscribe, rate, and review Baldy's Breakdowns on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you find your favorite podcast. We'll be back next Wednesday to take you around the NFL. And we appreciate you guys tuning in. Enjoy the games.